श्री गणेशाय नम वक्रतुंड महाकाय सूर्यकोटि समप्रभ निर्विघ्न कुर मे देव सर्वकारेशु सर्वदा ओम भगवते श्री स्वामी नारायणाय नम ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते रुद्राय ओम नम शिवाय गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुदेव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम ओं श्री हनुमते नम सर्वंगलमे शिवे सर्वाथसाधिके शरण्यद्रंबके गौरीनारायण नमोस्ते श्रीगुरस्त्र अखंडमंगलाकार व्यामचराचर तत्पम दर्शित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम ओं अज्ञानतिमरांदनशलाकया चक्षुर मिलत येन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम ओं स्थावर जंगम व्याप्त यचराचर तत्पम दर्शित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम ओं श्रीगुरभ्यो नम ध्यानमूल गुरोर्मूर्तिमंत्रमूल गुरोर्वाक्यम पूजामूल गुरोर्पद मोक्षमूल गुरोर्कृपा welcome to daily satsang we are continuing our uh, contemplation and presentation on the glory of the third eye of bhagwan shankar there is no end to the uh, manan chintan to the exposition many rishis in the past and today also have contemplated on the chakras and have realized their existence Uh, and we are also attempting to do this because life is a great mystery this life that we have uh we are left with eternal questions who am i where did i come from what is the nature of the physical reality that is in our percept in our sensual perception sense perception and then of course the question of jagdi jagdishwar what is the cause of all causes sarva karana karanam where did all of this creation come from these are the questions that the ancient rishis dealt with we are still dealing with those same questions because we have the ability to question that ability to question the ability to probe the ability to think and to understand all of that is it is possible and is awakened to some extent or another within the human body this human body is a tremendous gift of paramatma it is a tremendous opportunity uh to realize great truths uh of course this is uh not something that can be described in short time simply because there is profound metaphysics uh what i would like to call you know vedic metaphysics and vedantic metaphysics that is so intense uh that we can try to understand in certain periods of time but you know the idea for example that that the whole universe gets destroyed the pralays the time spans are enormous so our life compared to that cosmic time span of the creation the sustenance the destruction of you know the brahma vishnu shiv the time span is so much beyond our uh grasp as such i mean it's it's like our life is like insignificant it's like a tiny bubble in the vastness of this time span nonetheless 
nonetheless we do have life we are here we are here we are alive and the rishis did discover these massive time spans in samadhi you know so there are these what are called manvantars there are so many different uh, lokas that come and go come and go and there are actually quite a bit of number of videos even on youtube that talk about those massive types uh, time spans i'll try to present that at some point in this series uh, to some extent at least because it, it can get really uh, quite um, just esoteric and it will be like well you know what does that mean in my life now but it will not mean a whole lot uh, except except for the fact that whatever time we have is so incredibly precious that's the big, biggest meaning out of it otherwise what is the lifespan of brahma vishnu and shiv whatever their lifespan is you know what how is that going to make any difference to us in our life right now uh, the only thing is that it does goes go to show the level of realization of the rishis that they also realized that the cycles of the brahmand come and go that brahma vishnu shiv also come and go come and go come and go so many come and go come and go you know they're also like bubbles now this is not something we should really say in that way but from a metaphysical point of view we can say that yes there are infinite number of brahma vishnu shiv and they also are all underneath mool prakriti and then akshara brahma and all that thing you know so this is there is this very intense metaphysics that uh, is known to the most advanced of the rishis to the advanced of the sadhus who are outside of all human limitation and then these extraordinary realities begin to open up uh, so as i was mentioning yesterday uh, along those lines you know we are talking about the third eye of bhagwan shiv and it is very uh, very significant to recognize in our lives that there is a broader vision there is an opening you know beyond the limited thinking that we all have see it's 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 really in that third eye opening that all of the transcendental reality opens up you know if you, somebody might say well how do you know there's a brahma ji you know has anybody seen brahma ji you can see brahma ji why not open the third eye you open the open the third eye from within you'll see brahma ji if you if you want you can see everything in vachanamrutam there's a guarantee in the very first vachanamrutam only you know maharaj has said if you have akhanda vritti continuous vritti on on par bhagwan without break then this opening happens and the bhakta is able to perceive if he if he or she wants everything jiva ishvara brahma parabrahma mahamaya everything all tattvic realization is actually available for us but we are so caught inside our own mental activity inside our own vortex inside our own subtle body and the causal body we are so trapped by that the jivatma that it it is its association with those bodies and the constant entrapment within them prevents the opening of the third eye see the opening of the third eye is tremendous liberation it is it is a type of liberation where we are we are living in the world of, with human beings but we're but someone who is awakened is no longer stuck with any issue with the human condition can see it from all sides where the human problems are coming from why they are there what is the causal body subtle body 
what uh, what is ichcha shakti gnan shakti kriya shakti sees everything a to z you know all of the different scientific disciplines sociological disciplines mathematical disciplines this these are also realized we can see everything in its in its place and particularly the limitations thereof just as right now if a scientist is studying an ant an ant colony you can study an ant colony and see what's going on and what they're doing and there's a whole hierarchy in an ant colony for somebody whose third eye is open the human whole humanity is like an ant colony this might sound like a shocking statement what is the humanity doing it is it is doing nothing different than the ant colony same thing at a much greater level taking some material from here doing something with it destroying something else and just continuously entrapped in the activity it's like a cycle that's just that's just going on and on and on the whole of humanity is is no different from that you know unfortunately because we are not evolved but if humanity begins to evolve humanity can evolve into the highest of realizations but what is humanity doing constant wars constant conflicts so many of these problems are there and even those who are trying to evolve out of that they sink back into the same patterns again most of them you know so to so the opening of the third eye is no small thing you know, the opening it may even you may have some realization of chakras and other things like that some divine experiences but they come and go there there is not a sustained state you see so even people on spiritual path as i mentioned yesterday they are trying to evolve out of out of the bondages of maya they keep getting sucked in uh, inside there it's like quicksand the more you try to get out of it the more you go into it that's another problem uh, inside the sadhana process you know so there's already the problems of the world and the entrapment of the world kaam krodh lobh as i mentioned yesterday it's, it's it's just a phenomenal amount of energy time money everything gone into these three things you know with the with the lobh in the sense that there is the 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 wanting of the more and more and more material more land more property more this more that more i want more 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 and then the jivatma is stuck inside there and then the body goes away and then wherever the attachment is is reborn again and then it fluctuates back and forth this is the vedic realization you know so to actually even believe that is a big thing to come to an understanding that this is true my god you know um in vachanamrutam this point is explained by maharaj he said that that with bhai bhai meaning what the fear of a fear of being stuck in this birth and death and rebirth and all of this kind of stuff that if you really see that all that things and we don't want any part of that not wanting any part of the limitations of the sansar is the opening of the third eye yes do we need to live in the sansar with a balanced life absolutely do we need to balance our core energy yes are all 12 dimensions needed to be in synchronicity with our families and everything yes all of that has to be there it has to be there but but that's not there that's the problem you know but but so we come to that stage of bringing all that in synchronicity that is also part of the third eye opening that is the higher vision of but in that third eye opening then the upliftment from the inside into the higher reality occurs where the whole humanity is seen exactly like as an as an ant colony it's not seen anything different from that simply because what are we doing we're doing exactly what these animals are doing or even worse actually we're killing each other which animals generally don't do you know we, we consider we are constantly in divisive states so 
even if you look at our Indian culture, how many castes and languages and creed, diversity is beautiful, but there's so much internal dislike and division. It's absolutely mind-boggling, mind-boggling how much there is, and kids are brought up in that. Same thing throughout the world. You know, so the, so thing, people like Jay Krishnamurti who have come to awaken humanity out of these endless conflicts. And I'm just giving him as an example. So many of the Buddhas have come and, and so many great sages have come <clears throat> to awaken, awaken humanity. But humanity doesn't get awakened. You will, you'll notice one thing. Very few ever get awakened. Bhagavad Gita says this. Sachin is not saying anything here. Bhagavad Gita says, out of millions, only one might even think about higher reality. Out of those, take million like that. One may achieve some progress. Take a million like that. Only one will get some siddhi. Take a million like that. Only one will actually realize the Atma. Wow. Well, if that's the case, if it's so rare, somebody might say, well, this is not even worth pursuing. There's no way we can uh, ever get there. Wrong. That's not true. That is showing that those verses in the Gita that show this, this kind of a gradation, it is showing the massive level of ignorance of the human being. It doesn't mean that it cannot go away. Anybody with a human being, I'm sorry, anybody with a human body can realize God. But two things are required. The human body is required. Three things. Human body, right? Then the desire to be liberated. Mumukshutvam. That desire to be liberated is the preparation for the opening of the third eye. But how can the desire to be liberated in me or in anybody else can ever come about unless I am so intensely clear of my own bondages? I have to be clear. And it's not just a verbal intellectual thing. It's intrinsic from inside. There is so much brimming clarity that, that what is bondage? What is bandhana? And that is not that clarity is not there. How many human beings are clear about what that is? Even people on the spiritual side, people who are wanting spiritual realization, they are not clear as such as what is bondage. Because the bondage, the bondage to Maya, Maya catches you in every way. As I even mentioned yesterday with regards to chakras and all that, you know, people get stuck in that evolution because there is they have activated energies without the adequate purification. So that's another bondage. The bondages of maya are anadi. Anadi meaning beginningless. So liberation from mahamaya is only, only, only possible when there is the jivatma's total clarity about bondage. That is, and that clarity doesn't mean there's dislike for anybody. Like, like the analogy that I gave that human beings are like ants in, in that sense. What they're doing is no different. That's not a dislike. That's an observation. Just like there's an ant calling that as hierarchy. There's a queen ant and there's this ant and there's a worker ant and this. The same thing. Go to any, any office building in the city of Wilmington or Dallas or anywhere. What do you see? Somebody sitting at the top and somebody at the bottom. Some guy who is the, the multimillionaire, the owner of this big company. And then all the other gradation, all the way down to the janitor and the people who are working at nighttime and cleaning. What is that? How is that different from an ant colony? Can we perceive these buildings as an ant colony? This might seem harsh. But in reality, that is what we have created. 
that hierarchy we have created because we are not evolved. Yes, you may need a hierarchy, but to have a hierarchy without divisiveness is opening of the third eye, which we do not have. Those who are powerful want even more power. And when they wind up getting, getting more and more power, their body goes away and they fall straight back down to the Muladhara Chakra and wind up as a poor person or something like that. Wind up in the ghetto somewhere, wind up in some, some poverty-stricken place. Simply because of their ego, to expand further, they drop right from there. Their punya is finished. Chinya punya mrutiloke vishanti, Bhagavad Gita. Yes, one may go into the Swargaloka and then come back down. There's that story of that great Rishi from the Upanishads. You know, I don't remember the name right now. And, the, and there were like thousand ants, you know, over there. I may have mentioned this before. <coughs> and, and the Rishi is looking at them. This is a story in the Upanishad. And the, um, and the Shishas are saying, uh, uh, Gurudev, who, uh, what is it that you're looking at here? He says, I'm seeing all of these ants. So then the Guru was in meditation. Great saint, you know, the Mahansant. He said to the Shisha, said, what, is, what are you meditating on? He said, I'm going to tell you something. You know who these ants are? These were all Indra Devtas in the past lives. They have, they have degraded into the ant body. This, isn't, this is the wisdom of the Upanishad. And Upanishad is also Aupaurusha. It is Veda Mantra only. It is Vedanta. It is the end of the Vedas is Upanishad. So the rishis who have realized this entire cycle that you might be an Indra, you might be a Devata, you might be, or you might be a very wealthy person or a very intellectual person or a very powerful person or you might be a very ordinary person. Whatever you are, get out of all of that vortex and realize the Atma with the human body. Human body, mumukshutvam, desire, burning the desire for liberation, mahapurusha saushrayaha, the ashraya, the going to the great feet of the great sages. The feet of the great sages, what physical feet are we talking about? It is the wisdom, the opening of the third eye, that is the going to the feet of the great sages, mahapurusha saushrayaha. <coughs> otherwise, otherwise, one is massively trapped in the cycle of rebirth. There's no out, there's, there's actually no way out of it except this, what Adi Shankaracharya Ji has stated, you have to go to the enlightened sages who have found a way out, who have discovered the way out of Mahamaya. And by the grace of Mahamaya only, one, one, one goes out of it. And that, that vision is where the whole Bhagavad Gita comes into play. We live in the sansar as per the way the sansar has evolved, but we realize it's utter limitation. Utter limitation. Not that you can speak that to everybody, because you, you cannot tell people who are, who are trapped in fruitive activity that how trapped they are and all that. Then that will seem like taking augur and all that, uh, finding fault. No, that, that is not the way to do that. It has to be done very carefully, very, very cautiously, so that everybody can uplift. That's how the great sages have done. I, and I've seen many of them uh, in my life also. They have all this wisdom, but they don't throw it on people's heads. I'm just putting it out there just for the purpose of exposition because it needs to be talked about at some point. You know, but they keep the real knowledge within. This stuff like the human, human civilization is, is no different from an ant colony. That, that's, a, that's what they, they actually perceive. 
We don't perceive it that way, but they perceive it that way. But they don't tell people that. The reason they don't tell people is because people will stay saying who, who they think they are. You see? This is the, it's a vision. But because human, humanity is not even at the animal level. Animals are even greater than human beings. The reason is because we are in so much destructive process as a race. You know, we pollute our bodies, our minds with substances and things which are unnatural. Animals don't do that. Have you ever seen any donkey smoke a cigarette? So who is greater, the donkey or the human being? Have you ever seen a, 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 any animal ingest anything that is deliberately harmful inside their body? No. But because we have our bigger intellect, we're using it for our own destruction. Remember that shloka we were looking at in the Gita chapter 6? We're using our intellect, not everybody, but many people have used their greater power for their own destruction because of the experience that the human ego provides. And the, the obliteration of the demands of the human ego is the opening of the third eye. Actual opening. Then one lives as a liberated being with compassion towards the sansar. And with that compassion, <coughs> with that compassion towards the sansar, one never degrades into the bondages of the sansar by contact with the people in the sansar. Contact with most of the sansar is massively trapped inside attachments, inside raga, dvesha, aham, mamatva, sub ketan chalriye. Continuously. It's anywhere you look, and even if it doesn't seem like it, if you go a little bit deeper, you'll find that same power struggle and these kinds of things are there everywhere, A to Z, including most religious organizations. Everywhere this thing is there, A to Z. And that is called sansar. That's the nature of the sansar. So people say, we want to improve the world. Improve yourself. Don't worry about the world. The world will improve by itself. Whether the world improves or not doesn't matter. Because the world is a place where millions of life forms are coming and going, coming and going to live out their karmas and, and to experience this mixed reality. The world goes through the different yuga cycles. Satya yuga, Dvapara yuga, Trita yuga, Kali yuga. It keeps going through those cycles, right? As per the scriptures. So somebody might say, why, does, why is God creating like this, all this thing like this? Why does this exist like this? It's because the Jivatma is trapped with the Karan Sharir. Each Jivatma has Karan Sharir. And it is an opportunity to experience the Karan Sharir. But in that opportunity, the great sages come into this world, Mahapurushas, and to liberate the Jivatma out of this. This is what Adi Shankaracharya is saying. Who is Shankaracharya himself anyway? He came... <clears throat> to liberate by the will of Bhagwan Shiva or as an incarnation of Shiva and all of the other great sages that have come. They see this constant bondage. And so they, yes, that bondage is there, but that, that bondage also has a purpose. Without seeing the intensity of that bondage, how can there be liberation? How can there be liberation? There cannot be liberation without perceiving the intensity and the actuality of bondage, and that is a meditative vision of the of prakriti. Look around. 
two things we will see. We will see bondage everywhere and we will also see great teachings everywhere. That the Paramatma is teaching us through the expression of Prakriti everywhere. If we have the vision to take that teaching, to grasp that teaching, everything is teaching us. So two things, this is the beauty. So an evolved being who's going for a walk in a park or in a beautiful mountainous place, <coughs> what does that person see? For example, if Ramakrishna Paramahansa is going for a walk, let's say, in your neighborhood. Have you ever, just imagine this for a moment. Or if Swami Vivekananda is going for a walk with you. Or if Adi Shankaracharya, or Bhagwan Shiv, Sakshat. Or Bhagwan Swami Narayan, or the great sages. They're with you. They're staying with you. And they're going for a walk with you. They say, let's go. Let's go for a walk in the park. What do you think they're seeing when they, when they go for a walk in the park? What is their experience? Or they go into the city. They see the buildings. What do they see? What is their vision? What is their intention? See, they can, they can pierce through the layers of Maya and the human activity and see all human beings as children. Balak Vritti. In Swami Nivato, Gunatitan and Swami, he has mentioned that when the sages are at this higher stage, they see everything as this entire human activity as a child's play. Chokrani Ramat in Gujarati. It's a vision. It doesn't mean that you know you and I are going to uh, you know start going around telling people how foolish they are and all that thing. That's that's not the point. We're not saying calling anybody foolish or anything like that. It is that it is a vision to see things as they are, and then with that vision compassionately interact with others relatively as needed in the right way. It's like it's like this. If you have a, a, a you know PhD doctorate in mathematics, highest level of research in theoretical mathematics and stuff, and that person goes into a kindergarten class as the math teacher, is he going to call all of those kids foolish? Oh, how stupid you are and how idiotic you are and how look at where I am and look at where you are. No. He's going to play with them. He's going to have fun with them. He's going to teach them one plus one is two. He's going to show them the different blocks. This is the difference between those who are enlightened beings and these people in the sansar. Sachin is speaking openly and directly this thing. What is the difference between Adi Shankaracharya Ji, Sri Ramanujacharya, Sri Sri, Sri, Sri Sajanan Swami Maharaj, Sri Gopalan Swami, Sri Gunatitanan Swami, Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa. What is the difference between all of them and the people in the sansar? That, that kind of difference. It's even more than that. The PhD level the, the PhD level mathematician at the, who has published thousands of books on the highest levels of physics, on the highest levels of mathematics and its application, goes into a kindergarten class and a first grade class. How is that person going to interact? What is he going to teach them? Is he going to take his, the massive books of uh, differential equations and calculus and, and, and throw it on those kids' heads? No. And it, it will take those kindergartners years to, understand, to even begin to grasp who, the glory of that professor, of that teacher. They will just see him as a teacher. That's all.
that's the difference. Mahapurusha Samshraya, this third eye concept is not a concept, it's a reality. These scriptures that the, that the great sages have written are, 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 are at that in, intense level of realization. But because of their grupa, grace of God, on the small mindedness of humanity, they have brought things down to the level of the human mind. So that simple, simple ways of explaining and, and, and giving those little bits and pieces of wisdom and knowledge with compassion, with love, so that the person can evolve into the Brahmic state. If a first grader is second, first, the kindergartner and the first grader there, they, they are given the, the tiniest foundational blocks of wisdom about mathematics. So their brain can develop, their mind can develop, they're not developed even. So is the, is the great uh, professor to criticize them? No. This is the glory of the Sadgurus. They have infinite qualities, but they are Brahmanishta and Kshatriya. Two important words, Brahmanishta and Kshatriya. Brahmanishta means that they have the nishta, the intense <coughs> belief and also realization that I am the Brahman, Nijatmanam Brahmarupam, Dehatraya Vilakshanam. Brahmabhuta prasannatma nashochati nakangshati samaha sarveshu bhuteshu madhvaktim rabate param <coughs> This realization is with them all the time. The, 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 the PhD mathematics professor doesn't forget who he is when he's talking to the first graders and the kindergartners. He never forgets that. And he never forgets the joy of that. But he also does not express that to the kindergartners. Because if he tries to do it, those kindergartners will start running all over the place. They're making paper balls and throwing and spitting at that person and, and it'll be chaos. He said, what the heck? You're, there's no connection of any kind. They will get tired, they'll get bored, they'll get frustrated. They'll, they, will, they can't possibly understand. They, they start looking at integration signs as, as signs as little apostrophes. They can't understand anything. This is the situation of most of humanity. What humanity has understood in all of this? Bhagavad Gita is saying, Yanisha Sarva Bhutanam Tasyam Jagrati Bhutani Sanisha Pashitomari That the most of the humanity is asleep. Yanisha Sarva Bhutanam Sri Krishna, Sachin isn't saying any of this by the way. Please don't misunderstand. This is for my own development. I'm not trying to even tell anybody anything in this. That is my prasna to Bhagwan that whatever is being spoken is for me first. If somebody else understands it, likes it or benefits from it, that is the will of the divine. Such it has nothing to do with that. This is so intense and so tricky to understand. But see, we don't realize, see, how can a person wake up from the slumber of Maya without even realizing one is within the slumber of Maya? Yanisha Sarvabhutanam Tasyam Jagrati Bhutani. Yasyam Jagrati Bhutani. It's, it's, it's the opposite. You know, so the. <coughs> excuse me. Those who are awakened, whose mind has become awakened in, into, the, into the possibilities of spiritual development, psycho spiritual development. Wow. Adbhut Bhate. And in that awakening, just like that. PhD level mathematician, how much that person's mind is awakened into the vision of mathematical reality? 
so much so much beyond even people studying calculus and all that are nothing compared to that guy it's like that so if we if it is our intention that we want to evolve into a state like ramanujacharya like shankaracharya like the great sages like muktanand swami gunatitanand swami like the mahapurusha if we want that is it available for us yes that is the grace of the scriptures that is the grace of the gurus that's why they're here they want to give us something do you think that that phd level uh, uh, mathematics professor only wants to teach the kindergartners arithmetic no he wants to bring them to the level where he's at but how is he going to do that is that going to happen right away that's why tulsidas ji has said bahut kaal karta satsanga tab bahut saushay ka banga continuous satsang is needed because there is so much blockage in the system and and then that wisdom dawns that kind of company is needed that kind of contact is needed to unblock the system it's like someone who goes into the heart surgery you know and there's these three blockages of the coronary arteries you've got to have so you either do a bypass or do an angioplasty or angiogram whatever get those blockages out of there so ye bhi wo the three blockages we have kaam krodh lobh massive blockages or opening of the third eye is the grace brahma vishnu shiv all the great sages all the great enlightened beings they are they are blessing all of us to open the potentiality in the human body and in doing so we see it happening that anybody who has become really awakened they attract people we see today even so many gurus are there and they and people are attracted to them because there is a that opening of that divine flower by their presence in vachanamrutam this is described as manomaya chakrani dhara it means what that in the presence of an enlightened being anybody who comes in the presence of an enlightened being the mind becomes still and silence and purity and clarity all of these things are present in the presence of an enlightened soul wow adbhut baat hai it's a most extraordinary thing and if we want it we can have it if this if it's a big if if we want this and only this then everything is available for us everything is available we then then we live in the sansar with a phenomenal sense of compassion can you imagine that mathematics professor who has got who's at a is a professor at the highest levels with you know massive realization goes into the kindergarten class and forgets all of the mathematics except up to algebra how terrible that would be but that's what happens even even sometimes when we evolve further we come in we dip down back into the sansar with the people in the world and we become like them and we get stuck just as just as the way they are we forget our evolution this please understand sachin is not criticizing anybody there is a difference in the evolution of each human being real evolution as per the as per brahmavidya is what we are trying to expose here 
because this is why humanity suffers. Humanity suffers because there is not this opening of the third eye. If the third eye actually was to open, God knows what could happen in this world, where we would be. But the world is functioning in its own way. You know, there's another vision called Sakshibhav that says the world is unfolding exactly as it should. You don't worry about it. You remain a witness to it. This is also part of Gnana Yoga, that it is a Sakshibha. You just remain concerned with your development. Do your seva without entanglement. Leave the world alone. Sometimes, and I've had that difficulty in my life over the years also. We're so concerned about what other people's problems or issues are from. Yes, <coughs> we should be concerned. Why not? But not concerned to the point where we lose our own development. It's like a doctor who is trying to treat the patient and is so overwhelmed by the diseases of the patient forgets he's a doctor and has and starts developing those diseases himself. How does that help anybody? You know, so, so the idea is in Sakshi Bhav is to witness everything, to do the activity that is needed to be done without Raga, Dvesha, with tremendous Karuna, as I mentioned, not Daya, but Karuna. With Karuna and with that, one is a lion in this jungle that is the Sansar. Okay, so that's good enough for now. And we shall continue this interesting exposition tomorrow.